I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640, you're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Rick Caruso's coming on. Uh, he's going to be on about 3.20. 3.20 next hour, Rick Caruso. Uh, we're going to start off by talking about that absurd, ridiculous graffiti tower that's uh, rotting in the middle of downtown here in Los Angeles. Uh, let's now, you probably have heard about Alexei Navalny. He is the uh, opposition leader that uh, was uh, murdered by uh, Vladimir Putin this week. Uh, Navalny had been poisoned some years ago, and then eventually he was put into an Arctic prison. And he has suddenly died this week. And we're going to talk now with Robert Sherman from News Nation because the widow is now speaking out and the family wants to see the body. Uh, let's get Robert Sherman on from uh, News Nation. It's uh, a new cable television news channel that you should watch. It's on your cable system. Robert, how are you? Doing all right, John. Doing all right. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely one of those... Uh, I mean, the, the way that Russia operates is very different than the United States. I mean, for days on end, we've seen these demonstrations taking place around the globe. I mean, we're, we're at the Russian embassy, right across from the Russian embassy here in Tel Aviv, Israel. And we've seen demonstrations for days on end. Uh, but now I mean, you're really starting to see this, you know, focus on, OK, what exactly happened here? And the latest from the Russians, they're not handing over that body yet. They say that they have to do a two-week forensic analysis. Uh, Navalny's mom put out a plea on social media today asking for the right to bury her son with dignity. Uh, but the Russians aren't budging on all of this. I mean, as, as you can imagine, you just take all these facts for what they are. 
it's uh, it's certainly an eyebrow raiser. That's for sure. Uh, explain to people who are not familiar, who don't follow the day to day political situation in Russia. What what did Alexei Navalny represent to people in Russia and around the world? What did he do? What did he say that got him so much notoriety and made him such an enemy of Putin to the point where Putin had to kill him? You know, I mean, it's it's important to understand the the geopolitical climate in Russia. In that, here here in the United States, political dissent is something that is protected by the United States Constitution. That is not the case in Russia. I mean, you you have to have permits in order to protest in Moscow. Otherwise, you know, you're you're going to prison and and you might not be coming out for a while. Uh, so, I mean, taking that all here as well. I mean, he's well-known for speaking out against the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin. Uh, I mean, trying to, you know, have situations in which, you know, people in Russia had different choices. He's very against corruption in Russia. I mean, that's something that's very well documented uh, throughout all all levels of Russia's government as well. And it's something that has not sat well with the Kremlin or Vladimir Putin's leadership. And I mean, you, you see the way that all of these world leaders have been weighing in in recent days around Western Europe and the United States, you know, for what he stood for. I mean, th- there are a lot of concerns about the vacuum that is being left behind and the damage done politically in Russia, which which is why you now see this focus on what kind of sanctions should be applied to Russia or what kind of punishment should be put in place there. And I mean, juries out of any of that will, will really make a difference here. I mean, I mean the, the bigger thing is, is that, I mean, you see these demonstrations taking place around the globe. He, he definitely spoke to a certain population in Russia. There's an appetite there for something different than the status quo. And he's now gone. But his supporters can't really speak out publicly very much or they can get the same treatment. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, it is a different, a completely different world than the United States. I mean, the people who are the most outspoken right now, we're in Israel. I mean, you, you, there, there's a huge Russian population here in Israel. And you talk to all of these people here, you know, they escaped Russia. They, they love their country, but they don't want to go back to their country. And as we were walking outside the Russian embassy here in Israel, someone was holding up a sign that said, don't give up hope. And I think that's a real testament to what what all of this is here. You know, the the feeling that a lot of these Russians who feel like they can't go home, how they feel about this whole situation and what he stood for. You know, considering how many thousands, tens of thousands of young men he's killed, his own young men from Russia in the war, and then all those Ukrainian men and women, I mean, he... He is responsible for tens of thousands of deaths in the last few years. It's not really shocking that he would take out one of the few public critics in uh, Navali. This is what no, he does. No, he kills people. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's it, again, you know, I've said it a few times. I mean, Russia just operates so differently. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I spent a good amount of time in Ukraine when the war broke out. And uh, I mean, you you would see the the reaction that was coming from Russia, the people who you know we were trying to be in touch with in Russia, and pe- people were so afraid to say anything. You know, I mean, pe- I mean, you would you, pe- people would run from cameras and run from microphones and just say, "I I support Putin," and don't don't ask me any more questions. 
I mean, that, that is the sentiment there is just that you, you just don't have the opportunity and, to really disagree. And you're probably afraid to, to, to speak to your family or friends because you could uh, you could be snitched on. Of course. Of course. You know, I mean, that's well documented as, as well. Uh, I mean, we've, we've met plenty of people, you know, in Ukraine, you know, who had family in Russia and, you know, I mean, their family members would snitch on them and their family members would sell them out. You know, I mean, that's it, it's a scary reality for sure. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming on and explaining Thank you all for this. Having me. Appreciate it. Robert Sherman from News Nation. He's the News Nation national correspondent. And News Nation is uh, the newest and really, really good cable news channel on your uh, cable news system. So uh, give it a watch if you can. Uh, we have shocking news that came across last night. It was so shocking. I immediately sent it out to Deborah and Eric and Ray. Uh, it started a lot of controversy. But the reactions, but uh, here it is. I'll just give you a tease, and then we'll get into it. Um, the headline, men and women's brains do work differently. Dun, dun, dun. Scientists discover for the first time. Do you hear that? Mm -hmm. For the first time, and we needed scientists to do research to tell us that men and women's brains work differently. <laughs> wow. I was floored by that. So I was never, I. I never noticed it. I didn't either. I Men just thought that women's brains are way more sophisticated and, you know, we're smarter. <laughs> Is that what you thought? Yeah. You still think that? I do. <laughs> Ray had a different response. Yeah, of course he did. Much different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it when we come back. You're listening to John Cobalt On Demand from KFI AM 640. We... Got uh, breaking news last night, which uh, just stunned me. Uh, you may not know this, but according to Stanford University researchers, the brains of men and women operate differently. This is the first time that science has discovered that men and women's brains are not the same. Up until now... Apparently, they thought they were the same. Now, I don't know any real person out in the street who would say that. I was going to say, I don't think I needed a Stanford education to tell you that. <laughs> well, there is. Have you ever heard the term social construct? Mm. Oh, yeah. That's well, big time in the college campuses these days. Right. Exactly. I have not heard. I, I, I never heard this until one of my sons came home from college with this. And it's like, what is a social construct? And he said what they teach is that all our relationships is something that society constructed. It's not in our genetics. It's not in our genetics necessarily to be a man or a woman, to, uh, uh, to act a certain way as a father or a mother, to act a certain way uh, with someone from the opposite sex, um, just maybe sexual attraction itself is a construct. It's something that society imposed at, at different times in society. Uh, homosexual behavior was, was embraced and encouraged. Other times it's shamed and, and repressed. But the whole idea was we are the way we're programmed by society, that there is no natural inclination that men have, that men aren't born men. Women aren't born women. We're told how to be men and women. Our interests 
are decided by society and whatever the prevailing norms are. That's why uh, people are talking about not wanting to dress their girls in pink and yeah, the boys right. in blue and the, the, the toy aisles in certain uh, stores, you know, not to have a girl's aisle and right. a boy's toy aisle. And it's, it's all nonsense. And I've thought it's been nonsense for, you know, forever. I don't know how long this has been going on. It seems like the last, you know, last 20, 30 years. And it isn't true. I never believed it. But they'll say, no, you just don't understand. Science and researchers have investigated this, and it's all social. Well, here's what they suddenly found. <clears throat> um, Stanford University has shown it's possible to tell the sexes apart based on activity in hotspot areas. There is an area of the brain known as the default mode network. How is that? In your case, <laughs> it's the neurological center of your self. It is important in, introspe in introspection and retrieving personal memories. Okay. This has something to do with a man being a man and a woman being a woman. Then there's the limbic system that regulates emotion, memory, deals with sexual stimulation. Yes, I think if you look at emotion and sexual stimulation, there's definitely a difference between men and women. Hmm. I, but they actually found the, the, the hot spot in your brain. Uh -huh. um, I, I think we know that men are more visually oriented yes. for sex. Yep. Well, I guess they found a man's hot spot that lights up when he looks at a naked photo. You need a study for that. Okay. And apparently your, uh, your hot spot doesn't react quite the same way. Okay. Um, brain differences could influence how males and females view themselves. See, it's not society telling you what you are. It's you telling you what you are. Uh, that that uh, the brain differences uh, change how they interact with people and how they recall past experiences. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> There's a difference between the way women remember some things and men. Well, because we remember everything and you guys forget key parts. That's what you're talking about, uh, right? On purpose. <laughs> <laughs> we we want to forget things. And we won't let you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um our findings suggests that differences in brain activity patterns across these brain regions contribute to sex-specific variations in cognitive functioning. That means there are differences in the way our brains function and how we think. No. We have different brain activity. Yes. Mm -mm. Um, and it, 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 but further research is needed to fully understand the implications here. Um, they have also found that there's marked differences in how men and women perform in the real world. Women are better at reading comprehension and writing, on average. Mm -hmm. They have good long-term memory. Conversely, men to seem to have stronger visual and spatial awareness and better working memory. Uh, but they, 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 for years, they couldn't exactly nail down those differences in neural activity inside the brain. But now they um, they have a kind of a kind of uh, AI, a type of computer learning that has unlocked these secrets. You know what? You know what's funny? Until they came up with this AI analysis, nobody would admit that men and women are different in in these circles, in academic circles, 
or among activists, right? We were being forced to believe that had I been born under different circumstances, I actually would think of myself as a woman and I'd be acting like a woman. I'm only, I only think I'm a man and I only act like a man because that was the society or the family that I was raised in. And they, they, they really try, and they've shoved a lot of this crap at kids for the last uh, generation. You remember a book called Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? Yes. I mean, that was so popular how many years ago? I think back in the 80s. Right. I mean, because it clearly explains how different right. men and women are. Because if I remember, that was a guy who actually analyzed male and female behavior that you see every day, that you experience yes. every day. Yes. And uh, this was like some kind of weird brainwashing in recent years. And you, well, I don't want to get into all those variations that are uh, being explained to us these days. Um, the model, uh, let's see, what do they have? Okay, so they, they, they had a computer model, and they showed the computer model MRI scans of working brains. And they told... The AI, you're looking at a man or you're looking at a woman. And over time, the AI was able to pick out subtle differences between the two sexes that had been missed by humans. You see, humans couldn't pick up what they were looking at in the brain scan. But the AI could detect the differences and was informing the researchers that, hey, you have a, you really do have a woman here. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look, this brain is acting differently than this guy's brain. They tested it on 1,500 brain scans, and the machine could tell whether it was a man or a woman more than 90% of the time. Is it because the women's brain? Well, the, they, they, the, the larger, hot spots react. Larger. Huh? Larger. It's, it's, size doesn't matter. I know. In, in that case. <laughs> it's what you do with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. <laughs> All right, more coming up. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand. From KFI AM 640. We're on from 1 until 4. And then after 4 o'clock, John Cobelt's show on demand on the iHeart app. Uh, You can listen to what you missed. Uh, You've already missed Tracy Park, uh, who is the West Side uh, Councilwoman. Uh, And we talked about voting no on Measure HLA in L.A. City. That would bring back the road diets big time. And that has to be voted down. So you can listen to her discuss it. And we're going to talk more about the road diets uh, later in the show. Uh, also, uh, we're going to have Rick Caruso on at 320 uh, talking about the uh, embarrassing graffiti tower in downtown L.A. We're also going to have Bill Malusion on because uh, Bill is now he's been at the Texas-Mexico border for most of the last three years. He's now shifted to where the action is, the California border. Because Greg Abbott has done a real good job of largely shutting down much of the Texas border. And so the drug cartels are sending uh, the illegal aliens over a mountain uh, south of San Diego. And that's where they're now streaming in. He was there yesterday, and it was it was quite the sight, quite the coverage. We'll talk to Bill about it coming up. Uh, Thursday's a big day. Uh Thursday, we're going to do our show from the Honda Center in Anaheim, Thursday the 22nd. And you better be there because it's about uh, a rewrite of Prop 47. We're going to be in Lot 4, the parking lot, Lot 4 at Honda Center, live on the air from 1 until 4. The petitions will be available from 1 till 6. And we will have petitions. Again, this is a major revision of Prop 47. And it's for all the counties in Southern California. Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, San Bernardino, Ventura, San Diego County. So you don't have to live in Orange County to sign the petition. To go to the Honda Center, uh, you have to take the Ball Road entrance. So enter from Ball Road, however you need to get there. Because the other entrances will not be available. You will see us. We will be uh, talking to you. And we'll be talking to special guests and uh, everybody will be signing petitions. And the three main provisions there is that third time somebody gets uh, nailed for theft, they get charged with a felony and they go to prison. And secondly, third time you get nailed for drug use, drug possession, drug sales, any of that stuff. Third time you get a choice of either jail or treatment, which is the way it used to be. Jail or treatment. Theft, prison. Third thing, really important, 
if you are selling fentanyl and they catch you, first time they'll give you a warning that if you do this again and your fentanyl sale ends up in somebody's death, we can charge you with murder. And that also enhances the penalties for repeat arrests. Uh, we'll explain all this in great detail on Thursday, Honda Center, 1 to 4 in Anaheim, lot 4, to enter from Ball Road, and you want to sign the petitions. Uh, ABC 7 uh, has done a story on um, the Gascon race. And they talked to this guy, Jim Newton. And I remember this guy's name. He used to be an L.A. Times writer. He uh, now works at UCLA as a lecturer. And he's got something called Blueprint Magazine. And his analysis is Gascon could get one of the uh, top slots. Remember, it's the top two to go to November. Not because Gascon is in any way popular. In fact, uh, he's got a 51% disapproval rating. His support is in the 20s, and then there's people who don't know or don't care. But it's that there's there's 11 other candidates, and they're going to split the vote so many different ways. And obviously, if you have uh, the opposition votes split 11 different ways, and let's say Gascon has a solid 15 to 20 percent, uh, that could be enough for him to get in. And... Uh, so the, the story is pretty much handy, handicapped. But the thing is, the polls have been all over the place. I would say John and Tommy shows up most often among the leaders. And others who have done well, depending on the uh, poll that you look at, could be, uh, you can include Nathan Hockman in that, uh, John McKinney, Eric Sadal, but it, it, uh, Deborah Archuleta. It, it's been a mess, though. The poll, polling has been a mess. It shows that most people don't know who's running. Most people are undecided. Tommy and Hockman has, have broken through to some extent with name recognition. Uh, and we are going to uh, very soon announce uh, our recommendations. We're going to probably announce two names. Because I'd like to see two guys get the top two spots. Not one, but two. Uh, and then knock out Gascon entirely. And... You really cannot split your vote 11 ways. So you, you should do some of the research. And uh, I think some of the fringe candidates are pretty uh, are pretty obvious. So within a, within a day or two, we're going to get really blunt on all this and tell you who's... Because you can't just vote for someone 100% matches your belief system. First of all, there's no such thing. But even if there is, the second thing is, well, can they get elected? Do they have the money? You have to have the money. To advertise. But Tommy and Hockman are doing advertising, and that's why their, their polling is going up. Because this is about getting a win. This is not about standing by some ideological purity. I never believe in that crap anyway. Too many people do. They, they'd rather lose and die on a hill for the sake of purity than actually win and get uh, much of what you want accomplished. And right now, anything would be better than Gascon. I mean, absolutely anything is better than Gascon. But there's degrees of better. And uh, you also have to look and see not only are they well-financed. I mean, do they have some popularity? Do they have some base of support? Because you're not going to be able to go from zero to 20 overnight. you got to have something going for you already. And you could be a good candidate with a good record and be a, a nice guy and a good personality. And you're still not going you're, you're to be able to beat Gascon. You're not going to be able to make it to the, uh, to the finals. And then... 
you have to beat Gascon in 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 the November election. You can't be, you know, Gascon is an extreme leftist, but you can't be an extreme rightist. Because remember, Gascon has the help of, you know, the, the infrastructure here. He's, he's got, you know, the media tends to be left, uh, obviously. The, the LA Times is going to be do cheerleading for Gascon. They're probably going to, they're probably already looking for all kinds of uh, dirty stuff on his opponents that they can uh, twist into um, misleading commercials, commercials filled with lies and innuendo. Of course, they're going to do that. It's legal to do that, apparently. You, you know, you can lie in political commercials. In most advertising, you can't lie. You can't tell an out and out lie. Some people, some companies do and they get away with it. Others don't. Obviously, you know, it, it, there's grades of it. There's exaggeration. There's misleading statements. All that can be policed to some extent. But in political commercials, nothing is policed. Everything's fair. Political speech is considered uh, fair game, no matter what they say. So you know Gascon is going to run a campaign filled with lies, and some of the lies will be aimed at the opponents. So you need to have a candidate who can survive those lies. You can need to have a candidate who could survive the left-wing tilt of the L.A. County electorate. Because we can't fool ourselves here. The L.A. County electorate voted for Eric Garcetti twice. They vote for Gavin Newsom overwhelmingly. They vote for uh, Mike Bonin God, on the west side. We've got five communists in local government right now between the city council and the city controller. So you have to have somebody who can thread the needle. This is no time for purity. This is time for a victory. Because really, you don't want to live with four more years of Gascon. So you got to think clearly here. Look at people who have a name, people who have some financial backing. And it's all online. You can, you can see exactly how much money uh, that they've had donated and how much money they have on hand. Surprisingly, uh, Gascon has not had that much money donated to him. And he doesn't have that much cash on hand. Now, that could change, of course. But uh, apparently a lot of the uh, left-wing groups have, uh, left-wing supporters have abandoned him because they don't want to get shot either. They don't want to get robbed while they're having dinner. They don't want to be smashed and grabbed while uh, the, their wife is buying uh, some jewelry. They don't want all the vagrants running around in the streets. Uh, so anyway, Thursday, Thursday, really important because uh, we could we could uh, we could give the new prosecutor a tool, an important tool. Honda Center from one to four o'clock. We're going to do a major revision of Prop 47 there. And you could uh, sign the petitions anywhere from one until six. Uh, we've got more coming up. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. Star-studded hour next hour, 320. We're going to have Rick Caruso on about the uh, disgusting graffiti tower that's uh, really an eyesore in downtown Los Angeles. And we're going to talk about uh, how, uh, how Karen Bass really hasn't, uh, well, we'll let Rick talk about what he thinks of Karen Bass's uh, work to uh, reduce crime in Los Angeles and whether anybody has noticed a difference. Uh, now, I, I've... I've you know, normally I don't like to uh, praise an employer. Uh, you know, I'm not one of these suck-ups, one of these kiss-ass employees. But uh, I think I think uh, one of the executives at iHeart should be congratulated. Uh, John Zellner, 
is the iHeartMedia president of programming operations and digital music. Uh, and he donated an HD signal to that uh, poor guy whose radio station tower was stolen. Uh, down in uh, Jasper, Alabama, it was WJLX AM 1240. It was the community station, you know, local news, high school basketball. And uh, somehow the, the transmitter, 200-foot radio tower, disappeared. And, uh, and so this uh, uh, John Zellner, the iHeart executive, offered an HD channel from a Birmingham station that iHeart owns, WDBX. And now the programming of WJLX can be heard at 101.5 FM for the time being. How about that, huh? That's good. First thing they're going to do is uh, broadcast a high school basketball game, which is uh, one of the big events in that, in that part of the country. So now that's the last time you're going to hear that. <laughs> really? That's right. Uh, have you ever, did you ever schedule a job interview and blow it off and not call? No. Do you see this story? I heard about it. Um, have you ever gotten a job and then never shown up for work? No. Okay. 93% uh, of people in this survey report ghosting the interview that they had set up with a company. Now, they, con they contact the company, right? Right. Or they make themselves available and the company calls them and they agree on an interview. It's like, okay, Thursday at 2 o'clock and, and the employee says, yeah, I'll be there Thursday at 2 o'clock. And then they never show. They don't even call. 93% of, of uh, this, is, this is Gen Z people. 93% uh, in, in a, a survey of an employment website called Indeed. And then 87% have not shown up for their first day of work. These are, you know, I never thought of this. It, I, I, the, the whole concept, if I couldn't come to an interview of not calling, of not, no, I don't think that ever happened to begin with. I think I went to every single interview that was ever arranged. You know, it seems like this all started, all this baloney started right when the pandemic hit. I don't yeah. think we heard about stuff like this before that. And I just, oh. I, I don't, I cannot relate this to is, that generation at all. This is TikTok, TikTok crap. You know, some lazy 22-year-old who's not feeling it today puts out a video on TikTok and it gets millions of hits and everybody goes, yeah, yeah, ghost the interview, ghost the interview. You, you, you show the man. As the youngest person on the show, yes. this does not relate to me whatsoever because i mean i'm technically a millennial but i'm closer to mm. the gen z side of the millennials right but i just don't understand how if you're out trying to get a job you get to the point of the job application process where you actually get an interview and that's even hard enough these days and then you just blow it off it it just doesn't make sense to me like don't you want to get a job and make money and provide for yourself and want money to to be able to do things? Well, I think they are. They, what they're doing is they maybe have a better offer, and so they're not polite enough, right, to just say, hey, look, or, I know we have this set up, but I, I did get I got another job or something. Or, or they wake up and they're not feeling it.
Right. Well, then you don't deserve a job anywhere. According to the survey, the number one reason is it made them feel in charge of their career. You're not in charge of your career by not showing up at a job interview. You're just not showing up. Yeah, you're not going to have a career if you don't show up. Aye. It says... Um, it says in some cases, businesses now are doing this. 20% of the workers complain that an employer uh, failed to show up for a phone interview. And about a quarter said they were given an offer and then left hanging. Nobody ever came back to them. You know my first radio job I applied for? Yeah. Uh, the radio station was in a converted house in a rural town in Pennsylvania. I drove five hours from my parents' home in New Jersey. And I sat in the kitchen there for five hours until the owner waddled in. And he waddled in. Walked right by me. I had a noon interview. It was now 5 o'clock. So rude. And, and, yeah. And he plopped his uh, greasy, sweaty body into uh, a chair in a production room. He was going to do a commercial. And I shot up from the kitchen table. And I barged into his studio. And I said, hey, I've been waiting here since noon. I drove five hours to come here. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I got the job. Well, yeah, he's he, he, he's saying this guy has the you-know-what to stand up to me. I, I was yelling at him before I knew his name. Way to go, John. Nothing's changed. Yes, that's why I have such a... Uh, you are who you are. A poor view of radio management. That was my introduction. It's called initiative. Yes. It's like five hours. That's, what did I smack the guy? Oh. Uh, you know what he was? He was a it was a, a rich kid, uh, and his daddy had bought him a little radio station because his daddy owned a factory and put his kid into uh, some supervisory position at the factory. Completely screwed it up. So dad sent him out to the middle of Pennsylvania since the kid was interested in radio. See, it's true. Well, at least he got you. At least he got me. Uh, Deborah Mark, live in the KFI 24-Hour Newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.